Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Tudor Gander Podcast. We have a special guest here, Sheldon Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cryptic Commander. We are your hosts. I'm John Nose. Austin DeCedar. MTG Peddler. I'm Slothy. And today we've got a special guest today that I'm sure needs no introduction. Uh, it's Justin from SCG. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks, guys, for having me on your show. Thanks for joining us. Awesome to have you. Awesome to have you. Proudly sponsored by North Valley Games, where you can head over to NorthValleyGames.com. Check out the great prices that are ha- they have, and you can save 10% off by entering the code TCC2021 at checkout. They have a new program where they're buying your singles, and you can get 10% more cash by using the same code, and it also helps kick back and help out the podcast. Also, we are partnered with Magic the Gathering Players Group over on Facebook and Unstable Realms on YouTube. Be sure to check us out over on Twitch, the same name, The Cryptic Commander, and on YouTube, The Cryptic Commander. This week, Card of the Week, I think, Peddler, you've got Card of the Week this week. Right? Oh, yeah. Let's dive right into it. So this week, Card of the Week is Blightsteel Colossus. A, be- a very, very small 12 casting cost, uh, 12 generic mana, artifact creature golem coming in at Mythic Rare. Uh, we have Trample, Infect, Indestructible. If Blightsteel Colossus would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal Blightsteel Colossus and shuffle it into the owner's library instead on an 11-11 body. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a big boy, I believe is what they would call that, right? It's a chunky boy? Yeah, I didn't like it when it first came out because it was just rare. There was no mythic, right? It was mythic. It was, no, it was mythic back then. You're kidding me, was it? Yeah. No way. I think it might be Mirrodin Besieged. Mirrodin Besieged. It came out before Mirrodin Besieged. It didn't. No way. Let me look here. <laughs> look, I hate, I, hate to, I hate to jump in on the podcast. <laughs> oh, please do. But it, it's so fun. I can't oh, let it is absolutely Mirrodin Besieged. I can't, I can't yeah. let this go un, unheard. <laughs> Mythic Rare, Mirrodin Besieged. Only well, a reprint, double masters. Look, I do this, I do this uh, you know, for my nine to five job, so I got to know this. Yeah, and me too. I've, I've turned it into a nine to five job, but no, I remember. Um, what was it? Uh, the Kamigawa stuff was prominent back then, right? I'm trying to think of the era when the first when I first saw this guy. Oh no, you're 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 yeah, many, yeah, many years way, off, way before. Now, one one thing I want to add about it too, it's I, I, well, I think they did a fantastic job in Double Masters with all the alternate arts, but let me tell you. They, they did not get it right with Blightsteel Colossus. This original art is something else. It's so good. That's my opinion. I know art's very, you know, personal, but I do not like the double master art compared to the uh, original art. Now, the fact that it's got Infect, and uh, wouldn't it be cool if uh, you kind of use this with that new stuff where the leftover goes to the player? I mean, it doesn't even really matter. I mean, it's trample and infect, so it's you're getting like eleven poison damage coming your way instantly. You get in oh, it. Okay. They call it the one shot robot for a reason, man. That's... Yeah, that thing is a beast. Yeah. Oh, it does have a nickname, the one shot robot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If it touches you on on a on block, it touches you. You're dead. Hmm. I mean, is it cube worthy? Yeah. Do you think it's cube worthy? 
you know, I, I always feel like cards like these, uh, you need to have a really specific cube environment. Like, do you have Tinker in your cube? Then this is a really scary card to have. Uh, you're doing a lot of really high-powered ramp type stuff or a lot of artifact mana. I think this is always a really powerful inclusion in a cube. Well, I've, I've been told to keep Mill out of my cube. It's hard yeah. for a person like me because I'm, I'm a blue player and I love Mill. Um, so it's hard to keep Mill out of my cube. But this right here, I do have Tinker in my cube, which I'm able to pull out, you know, what's that inkwell, inkwell leviathan inkwell leviathan i could pull that mm -hmm. one out or other things you know but this would add to the repertoire it's definitely it, a cool card it's certainly a divisive yeah. card this is yeah. true you know you're not you're not gonna have any friends if you can land this out you know like <laughs> turn five yeah <laughs> yeah you feel like you're having fun in cube and then someone tinkers blight seal on turn three and you're like okay well looks like we're playing a different game than i was expecting <laughs> huh. well, oh that's funny well, um, let's touch base on top decks. We're not going to cover top, top decks this week on the podcast. Uh, we will say there's not really much going on, but we, we will be happy to report on next week. Yeah, there was no, no major uh, meta changes this week, so we're just going to dance on by. We didn't forget. We're just dancing on by. Right. So on next week's podcast, we'll, touch, we'll, touch, we'll circle back to this. And then Movers and Shakers, Slothy. You've got some stuff that's moving and shaking. Yes, sir. We're going to start off with Orvar the All Form, which is trending down slowly at $6.08. And then up next is Reese the Redeemed at $3.30, also kind of trending down from where it was before. And then the last one, before we get to the top three, is Ashaya Soul of the Wild. It is stabled out at about $7.32, which is... Much cheaper than it was when it first came out. Um, but going up to number three, we've got Allosaurus Shepherd up 74% to $223.35. I'm following along with you as you're reading off this list. Yeah. And I just literally just glanced at the Allosaurus Shepherd. And I was like, <laughs> when did it become $200? Where was I? Oh, my God. Sorry, go please looks do like, something I'm like, sorry. Looks like that I, trend I went, happened within like the last three days. The last couple days. Like I, yeah. I wanted to give my, my honest like surprise response because I was so shocked when I saw 223.35. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Just a note on Allosaurus Shepherd and you know, all of the cards that are in kind of the mythic slots in Jumpstart, where that's the only printing, I think you're gonna see a lot of other cards follow suit. Uh, yeah, like Allosaurus Shepherd. So Interesting. Makes me want to go buy some Jumpstart. Uh, you, wish, you, I wish I, wish I, you can wish find I someone that I get a good deal from. If only I knew one person. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now going up to number two is Auriok Champion at $63.45. That is up 59%. Up to number one, a card that I am very fond of myself. Up 84% to $29.89, we have Sliver Hive. What do you guys think of this one? I'm sure that has nothing to do with uh, Time Spiral Remasters having like 27,000 slivers in it. I have a buddy that likes slivers. I don't play with slivers. I just know when I play against them, it's, it's, always, a rough, it's always rough stuff. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everybody's got that buddy that likes slivers, right? Yeah. <laughs> I go to the yeah. local game store and there's one guy sitting there building a commander sliver deck. And I'm like, what are you doing, bud? And he's like, oh, commander sliver. And I'm like, oh, 
I ended up playing a couple games uh, last weekend with a buddy and we were building on $250 budgets and he made a sliver deck out of it. And even for that cost, it got out of hand really fast. I had, uh, I was running a Derevi taxes deck. Um, I had to have everything out there to stop him at all before he just demolished me right away. Sounds about right. Yeah. I, saw, I saw a video in today this morning with Justin in it. <laughs> Our guest, <laughs> um, he was playing with Duretti, I think it was. But uh, mm. yeah, it's in my queue. I like Duretti; it's a good card. Oh yeah, I love Duretti. Big big fan. All both Durettis actually. Peddler, you've got Magic the Gathering news for us. I do got some Magic the Gathering news. First off, this week, uh, Watsi announced the entire release dates for the remainder of the year. So let's let's go over these real fast. So we have Strixhaven is going to be released April 23rd. And just as a side note on Strixhaven, spoiler season starts next week, by the way, gentlemen. I hope you guys are excited for uh, some spoilers. I heard five more days, oh, right? 25th? Oh, I can't wait. I, I love spoiler season. All right. And then the next release... What do you do, what do, you do for that? the other four days of the year that it's not spoiler season? <laughs> I'm I sit in my closet and I cry. Okay. It's like it's, it, that is a full time job in and of itself, by the way. <laughs> it truly is. The crying or the spoiler season? Mm-hmm. Uh, but both, really, honestly. Both. Well, I'm going to say both. I, I'm better at crying than covering spoilers. <laughs> I'm sorry, but come on, guys. <laughs> so, so, so we really don't have much of a break. Like, well, that's funny. It's funny. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, no, no, I'm saying I'm not saying much of a break between Time Star Remastered and Strixhaven. It's only like literally like a month and two days, and then followed. That we have Modern Horizons 2 is going to be next on the agenda. That is going to be released June 11th. So we have about a six-week break there. And then again, hot on its heels, July 16th, D&D Adventures in the Forgotten Realm. So it's going to be just like last year, guys. It's going to be fast and furious. And then we have a two-month break until the first, because they're actually, uh, they announced that they're doing the Innistrad set in, in stages. So the first Innistrad set, which is the Werewolves, which is called Midnight Hunt, that will be September 17th is released. And then the second Innistrad set, uh, Crimson, what, I can't read my own writing, Crimson Vow, which is the vampire set that is November 19th. So what do you guys think? That's uh, it's a lot of products, a lot of products, and it's really stacked on each other. Before, before everybody jumps in, I just want to get this off my chest. Um, I'm waiting for this Dungeons & Dragons Forgotten Realms set real bad. Uh, yeah. If anybody's been paying attention to the podcast or the other medium that I'm on, you know, um, they'll, they'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, I grew up with Dungeons and & Dragons. And in 1993, late 93, when I heard about you know, Magic, um, I was on the D&D train already, you know. And my brother was a pen pal with Gary Gygax. And he's wow. one of the guys that, right, you know, and I'm jealous, right? I'm jelly. I'm serious. My brother, <laughs> you know, but anyway, so this guy wrote my brother and lived in London and he was like one of the creators of Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. And so my heart was already in Dungeons and Dragons. So Kaldheim got announced and all these other sets got announced. Right. And you see it on the internet. Even a lot of people had that same image of Strixhaven and D and D and, Tiny Spiral Master, you know, the upcoming, like they're doing the Marvel movies where you got mm-hmm. the plan of attack, you know, and every time somebody says anything about one of these new sets called time, it doesn't matter. Tiny Spiral Mastered, even on this show, um, I'm waiting for this D&D set, man. You know, I'm 41 waiting for this D&D set. 
like let's rewind ourselves for this D and D movie that came out years ago and it was not all it cracked up to be, you know. <laughs> that, that, that one wasn't great. <laughs> but uh but a DD magic set, I'm I'm waiting for this, man. I my opinion is it could be anything. Could they tinker with the party mechanic? What are your guys' thoughts? I mean, maybe I'm being self-centered here, but D D, this is I can't wait for that set. Maybe everybody wants to answer what Peddler asked. I was going to say, I'm probably the most apprehensive on the D&D set. That's like the one set that I'm least confident on. I don't know. I don't, and I don't know why. It's more just of a gut feelings. For, and, but for me, it's, I, I, got, I got June 11th circled in every single calendar in here, in this, in this house, because Modern Horizons 2, I think, is where it's going to be. It's at this year. I can't wait. I mean, those are the, I will say that Modern Horizons 2 and Dungeons and Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realms are the two sets that I am the most interested in, but for very different reasons. Um, the Dungeons and Dragons set is, is the one that I'm also looking most forward to, but ironically, my, I've literally never played Dungeons and Dragons my entire life. Not one time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've been aware of it for literally probably my entire life, but um, I'm really excited about this because this is an opportunity for Wizards of the Coast to work on another property, but it's in-house, so they should be able to get basically everything right because there's no excuse for them yeah. not to you know correct uh yeah so, exactly so i really feel like that this is going to be this this set should be awesome there's no reason it should not be awesome they have all of the tools necessary to make it awesome and they can hit all of the notes both from a design perspective of crossing over all the different properties and from a flavor perspective for people like john that have you know been with D for 30 years so one thing that comes to mind as you say this is in Dungeons and Dragons, you get to have a player character sheet. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you start off the game by developing this character and magic, the gathering, you don't have that. You, you start building your deck. Right. So, and, and like, but there's things that, how are they implement these things into magic, the gathering, for instance, a thief, you know, they have certain abilities like for hide sneak, evasion you know a backstab ability you know as where other characters don't have those bonuses or negatives you know um Mm -hmm. in magic they can play with the colors maybe or the guilds or the shards you know uh if anybody else is familiar with everything you just mentioned sounds sounds like flash flying death touch that's that's all i just heard right there yeah i heard flash flying death touch dungeons and dragons and rogue rogues bleeding into magic the gathering um I can see things like the party mechanic, you know. Yeah. Because, um, oh, absolutely. Because so so Slothy, you're familiar with Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Okay, so I can see things like the party mechanic, you know, um, expand yeah. on that because the, to me that's like just a basic starting point. Yeah, that that's that, that's just kind of a given to to reincorporate the party mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, as a D and D player, I'm like, okay, we're in the beginning stage here. Where are we going? You know, um, I want to see I- more of that. You know. I could also see maybe some form of level up coming back. Yeah. Mm. I can see that too. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Because of D&D is leveling up, you know, you, like, again, mm-hmm. it's all about that player character sheet mm-hmm. the magic. You're dealing yeah. with a deck of cards. So a guy in my, in my status coming from Dungeons and Dragons and then now just focusing only on magic, you know, um, owned by the same company. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Um, I, I, I want to see certain things, but I, I'm already mm-hmm. I'm already set for disappointment. And my grandmother gave me something I'm going to live with the rest of my life. Expect the best, 
you know, our hope for the best, expect mm-hmm. the worst, and take whatever comes. And uh, mm-hmm. Wizards, in my opinion, should should you know live up to the hype of this, and I think they will. I think they will. Yeah. Now, now, Justin, did you did you want to uh, touch upon Modern Horizons too? I thought I think you were going in that direction. And we got sidetracked on D and D. I did. I did. So. Uh, in the little blurb that Wizards released when they released this article that had all of the release date information, they said, under Modern Horizons 2, which as you said releases on July 11th, they said, this time around, we wanted to delight players excited by a higher power level and greater complexity with even more of what they loved in Modern Horizons. It sounds like the person who wrote that didn't wasn't familiar with the first Modern Horizons and the incredibly high power level that it was there. Because if I'm reading this, it's like, oh... Well, if you like that, just wait till you see all of these more powerful cards. And I'm like, mm. were they not were they not here a couple years ago when uh, <laughs> when Hogak was released and Renin Six and how many cards yeah. from Modern Horizons are banned in different formats? But you know, I would rather have a more powerful set than a less powerful one. Now that we have, I, I, yeah, definitely. Now that we have you on the show because you are a guest, what are your opinions on power creep? Well, one, it's inevitable, uh, and with the amount of both products that you're releasing this year, I mean, and really the last five years, this is really just something to wrap your mind around for every Magic player. Every year for the last five years, the most products have been released, ever. So five years ago, that year, the most products were released by Wizards for Magic. Four years ago, same thing. Three years ago, same thing. Last year, same thing. This year, it's going to be the same thing. Every single year for the last five years, more products have been released. And as we continue to go like that, you have to, what that means is you have to eat up design space at a much higher clip than you would normally. And additionally, they've put a larger focus on things outside of just standard. You know, mm-hmm. back when I started playing Magic, and probably a lot of you guys too, I started playing in 99. And, um, you know, everything was really focused on standard. It was whatever the next big expansion was that came out of the four big expansions. Right. But now... We're serving not only standard, but we have a, a huge service for Commander, which is the most popular format in Magic. Uh, modern, as we see with Modern Horizons, uh, they're you know they've put uh, stuff out with like you know some of the uh, other supplemental sets that are just legal and legacy and vintage. They've changed those formats a lot. So by the nature of it, because you're saying, well, we got to we got to worry about all we got to worry about this format this format this format this format it used to be just standard and then every everything else just fell in place however it worked out but when you had to focus on that the only thing you can do is push cards to be more powerful power creep is inevitable mm-hmm. and you know i don't think it's a bad thing um, wizards for all the flack they get some of it you know rightly so but they're pretty good at their jobs considering the difficulty that they had to do even though that difficulty might be self-inflicted. So that's, that's kind of where I stand on that. I agree with you, man. I mean, it is hard knowing, you know, that they, they know that these formats exist, right? And to juggle a standard product, I'm not talking about, you know, Modern Horizons for a second, but I will in a second. <laughs> uh, like, for instance, the standard product's got to be, um, it's got to sell it's got to be, you know, standard legal. Then you got to have certain things for modern, then certain things for legacy, certain things for commander. So they're well aware of the other formats, especially with things like commander uh, precons, you know. Um, also, the other standalone things like modern, uh, modern masters, legacy masters, vintage masters, you know, things like this. Mm-hmm. 
they know about the formats existing, but they don't know that there's a secondary market. Well, not oh, they're well, they're well aware yeah. of the secondary yeah. market. <laughs> they are well, well, well aware. They, they monitor it. They, they'll, they'll never publicly admit it, but they, they monitor it. They have yeah. to. That's something they're not able to. I mean, they can't. I, I get it. I get it. But I mean, that's how that's how everything is decided for for reprints. I mean, you got to think like they, they they use the phrase accessibility and desirability for cards that are expensive, right? Mm-hmm. When when, when they're looking at when they're looking at reprinting Oracle of Moldiah, they're saying, "Well, we want this card to be more accessible." Yes, because it's forty dollars, and people want it, and people can afford it because it's too much. So it's yeah. it's a delicate it's a delicate dance they have to do when they're when they're doing that stuff. And ultimately it's very frustrating because in the rest of the world, in the real world, that's like the most critical thing for magic because it's an incredibly expensive hobby. We all know that. Everyone that is is inundated enough with this game that's listening to podcasts and watching streaming reading articles, they know how expensive this game is. It's not a surprise to anybody. But it's difficult because Wizards understands that. But they also want to keep that money machine churning. So it's like a double edged sword there. Yeah. Mm. For a person that, you know, began late 93, I can't speak for a majority of people, but I am going to speak for me. You know, um, I know that Wizards had a, their own brick and mortar back in the day. Mm-hmm. They did. And they, they stopped it, they shut it down. And there was really hardly any profit coming in. Okay. Whatever the reason was, they shut it down. They shut down that store. Okay. Now, at this day and age, and you can even go back 10 or 20 years, and I have no close friends who've done this, you can open up your own store, your own brick and mortar. It's almost like, hey, you know, uh, we've done this. We're not going to do this. You could take the chance. We'll give you marketing material, you know. And, and, but now with this whole secret layer stuff too, in the back of my head, I'm thinking there's got to be good things. I mean, I understand the whole, you know, black is magic was good. The other one earlier in the year where they did a drive where even I participated with another co-host where we did other things to try and uh, drive sales for them on card sleeves. I think it was, you know, so I think certain secret layers have their uses, but in the back of my head too, I'm like, this isn't fair to local game stores. You guys had your chance. Well, I mean, I, it depends on what, how you look at it. Cause I mean, local game stores, there is one, two, three, four, five major sets coming out. They're going to have their slice of the pie. You know what I mean? So it all depends on what you like want to consider fair, just because the local game stores are in, essentially blocked out from the secret layers, having them like, you know, shipped to them directly for distribution pricing and stuff like that it's it's they have their ability to make money and they can run events obviously not now with how the state of the world is it's a little different but they have plenty of of money making opportunities each year and the more products that come out and excluding secret layers they, they can still utilize all those products secret layer aside they do make money you know they do make money they're they're printing a game for us to play right Secret mm-hmm. layer aside, they're making money. Just secret layer aside, they're making money. Now, they won't go on record saying that, you know, I, you know, like what they sell pieces of this game. 
right? But you guys, you guys know this, and now you want to jump back into it with the secret layer by selling pieces of the game. You see what I'm saying? And desired pieces, too. Like, knowing Commander is one of the biggest formats, and if people can't see it right now, in the future, they're going to want those secret layer versions of the lands or secret layer version of this. You know, I want the uh, Serum Vision secret land, uh, secret layers. Mm-hmm. Am I just ranting here? I mean, I, I see what you're talking about. It's but it's, it's just business. It's it's smart business. Mm. They, they they still have their they're still the you know they still have their middlemen with the LGSs for the for the lion's share of releases. It's just the secret layers they keep in house. I, I I get it. It's it's smart. I I find it a smart business. All right. Well, maybe I'm just ranting. Maybe I'm just ranting. Okay. Oh uh, no, I, I definitely understand your point. I, de- I I think both sides of the argument are aren't wrong. I'll put it that way. I, I'm, I'm not gonna say either one of us are right, but we're, we're both not wrong. I'll, I, I'm gonna try to reframe this a little bit because I largely agree with Peddler. Um, so ultimately, win. for the win. <laughs> oh. Okay, we would take that back. I'm right. <laughs> Screw it. I'm right. <laughs> so ultimately, as John was saying, they're the. The LGSs may not be, be getting as, as big of piece of the pie because previously that piece of the pie was 100%. They would be able to sell every product that Wizards of the Coast made for Magic, right? But the pie is significantly bigger now. We were just talking about how we have five massive product releases for the rest of the year, and we've already had one come out. This is also not counting commander sets, Supplemental stuff like last year we had uh, Commander Collection Green, um, you know, a, like a, another supplemental step like Jumpstart, and there's all of these extra things where they might not be getting as big of piece of the pie, but the eighty percent of the pie that they're getting was bigger than the hundred percent of the pie they were getting six years ago. Absolutely. I mean, ultimately, there's so much more being released that I think that it's difficult to say, well, we're not getting everything. Yeah, that's true. Honestly, I think more of the issue is that the outlets that Wizards has included, like Amazon, is more damaging to LGSs than the fact that Wizards is releasing secret layers. I actually think that's like a non-issue because Mm -hmm. all, all stores, all game stores sell singles. And to your point, John, previously about the Wizards of the Coast stores, because I remember these because I've also been around a while when I when I started playing in 99 these you know they had they had stores that existed and I think they stopped in like the early 2000s like 2002 3 4 I don't know yeah something like that yeah um they did not sell singles they only sold sealed product exclusively I think it was 96 they it, they they started they started in 96 okay okay I just know I just know when I started they were around yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't remember singles. The more, the more I think about it, they didn't have any. Right, they just sold they, sealed they product. Sold, yeah, they sold the sealed product. There was no resell. It was literally just brand new stuff that they were printing. And you got to remember at that time, Wizards of the Coast had, uh, they had the Star Wars CCG. They had the Pokemon CCG. Okay. They had yes. all of these other products, all the all the D and D stuff. Right, because um, because Wizards of the Coast was pushing other products, they had their own yeah. store. Correct. I totally get it. And anything that dealt with Magic the Gathering, like you had your Inquest, Duelist, and uh, Scry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember that. I remember buying sealed product there. I don't think I remember bought singles. I think you're yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, because they didn't sell any singles. So this is actually, with the secret list, this is really the first time they've kind of dove into that market. And I don't think it's a bad thing 
Um, because ultimately, if you're a, a local game store, you are selling singles because mm-hmm. you have the op- opportunity to. You would be foolish not to if you know we're going to be talking about Time Spiral remastered later. A lot of those cards are extremely valuable, especially the foils. And you have an opportunity to make more money off of that because of the price you're getting from your distributor than Wizards of the Coast is getting because the single price on the secondary market is actually more valuable than the still product price. So ultimately, I think it's fine. I think if you're if, if you know what you're doing as a, a, a game store owner, then only if, if you would like to focus on the bad and say, this is, this is unfair, I can't do this and that, rather than saying, I have more product than I can sell than I've ever had before, regardless of someone else, like Wizards of the Coast, is be able to sell it directly. Mm-hmm. I think that's really the only, the only angle that it would, it would not be a win for LGSs. And that's something that you can just choose to take. I am so glad you put it that way because it taught me something. I was only looking at it one-sided because, you know, a dream. Maybe one day I'll own a card store, you know. And then knowing that that closed, and then it's like, well, I can open my own store. Go ahead. And here's just marketing material, you know. I looked at it negatively. I didn't look at it from a different side. I put a different pair of shoes on. So thank you for that. All right, so I guess I, I can move on now, right? I think we talked about the releases. So I do have one more piece of news. I wasn't expecting that to go that long, but ho. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have uh, Mark Rosewater's uh, Strixhaven teaser blog came out. Now, he's been doing this the past couple sets where he gives us like little snippets from cards. So let me read these out for you. So here's what we can expect with Strixhaven. A white card with the rules text, draw three cards. A planeswalker you know but not as you know them. A card featuring Paolo Vitor Damo de, de, de Rosa's likeness. Uh, I guess that was the most recent world championship winner. Uh, a spell with three X's in its mana cost. And this one's actually very interesting. Uh, the introduction of a new evergreen keyword. So I'm very curious to see what that is. Mm. Uh, a red sorcery that you, have, that you can have as many copies in your deck as you want. Uh, a future-shifted card appearing for the first time in a premiere set other than Future Sight. Uh, a, mul- uh, a modal dual flip card with the same card type on both sides that has not been printed before. A card sharing something never shared before. A cycle of enemy dual lands finishing off a 10-card cycle. And then here are some just like random snippets from rules text that will appear in the set. Search your library and graveyard for up to four creature cards with different names. Otherwise, put a study counter on it. Whenever a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability to trigger, untap each creature you control, then tap any number of creatures you control. This one's pretty simple. Pay 10 life. Yikes. Repeat this process six more times. Pests, bats, insects, snakes, and spiders. Each mode must target a different player. Whenever an opponent activates an ability that isn't a mana ability, where X is the number of cards in your library. And then finally, we have some creature type lines from the set. So uh, Turtle Druid, Bird Warlock, Frog Wizard, Spirit Dwarf, Troll Druid, I Bat, Vampire Warlock, Orc Shaman, and 
uh, legendary artifact creature construct. So some, some interesting little tidbits there. I think the, the new evergreen keywords kind of got me the most hyped up. And, and the spell with three X's in its mana cost. Like, that sounds insane. Three X's? Yeah, so it's going to be like kind of like um, uh, Walking Ballista, mm-hmm. where it's like the casting cost is XX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you have to pay the X twice. No, no, I'm, I'm, look, I'm thinking of it in my head right now. Three X's, yeah. I don't think it's ever been done. I don't think it's ever Astro been done Astro That's the one. There you go. Which one? Astro Cornucopia. I think it was uh, one of the Thera- Theros block. Born of the Gods, maybe? Yep, I believe that's correct. So what is uh, it? Divided by three or something? No, it's uh, you have to pay yeah, that was born X down. three times. So let, 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 let's say, you know, it's like that. Well, what's that thing in, in um, standard now? It's like the it's oh, so XX you, and it comes in with like that, that many there. counters. Got it. You basically have to pay. Yeah, if you pay two for the first X, you have to pay two for the second X. So it's four mana cost. Wow. Okay. So this one, it would be two, two, and two, which would be six mana cost just to get whatever effect this is twice. Wow. Yeah. Also, the, the new keyword, uh, a new evergreen keyword is very interesting. When, when's the last time they did that? Introduce like a new evergreen keyword. Hmm. Prowess, maybe? What was it? I, I think it might have been Prowess. Like, that started. Right, yeah. Because it's been, it's been a minute, right, Justin? Yeah, that... Prowess might be it. I'm trying to think if there's if there's been something that's been a new evergreen keyword since then, but I don't... I don't think so. Help me out here. Evergreen keyword. Evergreen just means that it can appear in any set. That it doesn't have to be tied to the theme or the plane that it's appearing. It's just going to appear in any set wherever they want. Like Menace. Yeah. Okay. I so, thought- so, so like, like, Boast, anywhere, like right? Boast, it, Bo- Boast is not an Evergreen keyword. Boast is going to be Kaldheim only on that plane. Evergreen keywords can be used anywhere, like, like Menace and stuff like that. Prowess. There you go. So Trample's not Evergreen? Trample is evergreen. Okay. Trample is evergreen. Trample, Trample flying, anywhere. vigilance, first strike. It's Those just, are all evergreen. It's basically if the keyword is not like tied to the set, like yeah. Peddler said with um, Boast, uh, and it can be used multiple times, like Defender, Double Strike, so on. Uh, those are evergreen. Why wouldn't they as a company bring out Boast later on, though? You know. uh, it, it's more just, it doesn't have to be specific to one set, but it's not going to appear in every set. A good example is Scry, which mm. did not used to be evergreen. Scry actually just used to appear, like Scry was a set mechanic where it would appear on a bunch of the cards in the set and the next set it wouldn't appear. And then they changed it to where Scry, uh, well, obviously it's so evergreen now, it actually previously was part of the mulligan rule yeah. uh, for a brief time. Yeah, but then now it's evergreen and it can appear wherever wherever you want, and you don't really notice it because evergreen keywords, for the most part, tend to be kind of boring, and they're just like uh, these are like game smoothing keywords, other than the ones that have been around since alpha with, that are that are the creature oriented ones. Funny you say that too, because now green scries. You know, it used to be like just blue, right? Now every color scries. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yes, that was correct. It used to be something that was like heavily associated with blue and like card manipulation, and now. Any color can get scry. I think any color anytime. can get anything now, you know, if you think about it. Well, green certainly can. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm looking at cards nowadays, like red getting the counter spell, you know, <laughs> yeah. Cabalt's trickery, you know, it's like, I think no color's safe from anything, you know. 
Yeah, I haven't read it in a while, but I think they just added Scry to uh, Questing Beast. Really? No, I'm just... Oh, yeah. There's a lot of words <laughs> on the card. I was going to say, <laughs> it brings that whole Orsclex meme to my head where he says, hold my beer. You know? But uh, there's definitely some interesting stuff on this list, though, like the Evergreen stuff, and also the Pay 10 Life like, kind of like bounced yeah. out at me when I saw it. Like, that's what, the one what, that I'm yeah, most interested in. What, what do I want to do that's going to cost me half my life total? I don't know, but if I'm playing commander, that's three was, free activations. I was getting ready to yeah. say, yeah, I was getting ready to say that's definitely a commander card, bud. Yeah. See now, I'm, I'm I'm a limited player, so I don't even think in the lines of commander. So that's actually very interesting. I do now that I just started on the bandwagon here a few months ago. Uh, actually, that's a lie because that that one it was like uh, it's it, it's one of the things you can choose multiple modes, and each mode must affect a different player. I'm like, oh, that's going to be a commander card. There you mm -hmm. go. So I guess I guess I guess I kind I kind of do kind of think on the commander end sometimes. But I, I actually like these little snippets because it's kind of fun just to kind of like dream up in your head what these po what what could these possibly be. That's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Every time Mario releases one of those, I I I sit back with a cup of coffee and I'm just like, huh, I wonder what he's trying to hint at here. You know? Yeah, it's it's fun mm -hmm. as the sets previewed to go and like check off the boxes. Oh yeah. yeah, this is the card that he's talking about here. Yep, yep. Yeah. I do that. I do do that. That's funny. I I fall victim to that category myself, man. Uh, <laughs> Completed the ultimatum series, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he completed. Yeah. It, there's still a few of those left, so the ultimatums, right? Like, there's not an Esper one, right? Well, they did the original ones in Shards of Alara. Now, Shards of the Alara. Shards of Alara ones are way less powerful than the ones <laughs> from Ikoria. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ultimatum and that's just because Shards of Alara was like a lifetime ago. Was that 2007? I believe. Uh, 2008? 2008. 2008. A yeah. I remember it is a lifetime ago. And the Esper one, which is brilliant ultimatum, I think is by far the worst one. Yeah, I remember yeah, one, one was, was god-awful. I, I, I played standard back then. I remember one of them was, just, was absolutely terrible. I don't even remember. Oh, wow. that, that sounds right. Yeah, I think yeah. I think brilliant ultimatum is the Esper one, and it is. Yeah. Uh, exile the top four. five cards of your library, and an opponent separates them into two piles. You know, play lands and cast spells from one of them. And if you cast a spell this way, you cast without paying its mana cost. Now, <laughs> so you look at the top five. Seven, you get one spell mana, for free for sometimes. For seven mana. For seven colored mana, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that seems like a fair trade-off to me. <laughs> yeah. you have you have So look at that one, and then just look at Genesis Ultimatum. They're like, you know what? Just five. Just, just get them all. It's fine. No yeah. problem. It's you know what? It's, it's, it's time to start hyping this up a bit, guys. <laughs> okay, Justin, you've got some stuff you're working on too, right? Yes, always. Uh, I actually, so I just started a brand new podcast, which this is my second podcast. Um, it's called The 540, and this is actually hosted by Star City Games. It's not one that I'm, that's, that's not me personally, but I'm the host of it, and it's a Cube podcast. I'm doing Ryan Overturf. So for people that love Cube and love talking about Cube, you know, we're two people, myself and Ryan, absolutely love Cube. I've been cubing since 2008. Um, so this is the podcast to just share our love of that format. We're talking about all sorts of different stuff, you know, stories and drafting and design. And I think for this upcoming episode, we're going to be talking about like aesthetics for Cube, tying that into like Time Slot Remastered because you have, mm -hmm. you know, the old border cards and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah, but be, I mean, beyond that, um, I have a, another podcast called uh, Think Twice, which you can search Think Twice MTG on any audio platform to find that. It's a magic and pop culture podcast. So half of it's magic, 
And then the back half is either movies, TV shows, music, books, other games, anything that's in pop culture. So very cool. Yeah, that's going. Uh, it'll be we're about 190 episodes deep on that one. So oh, wow, going for Long a time. while. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> yep. Uh, Big, busy man. That's all I'm hearing. I am. Yeah, I stream twice a week. Uh, Twitch at TV slash J Parnell, uh, and then I do Commander Versus, which is the thing that I think I'm probably most known for. Yeah, the when I when I did some research on you because I do it for every guest, you know, I noticed you're part of the thing where it says VS on YouTube, what you just mentioned, and I'm like, oh, he's big time. <laughs> oh man, he's big time. You know, yeah, that's your um your Twitter thing says CEO of Star City Games or something. I'm the uh, I'm the purchasing manager of Star City Games, so that's my that's just my just nine to five job. Wow. Uh, so I'm yeah cool. I'm. You, you guys know, hiring? I'm sure. Uh, actually, we are. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually hiring. I'm trying to hire a buyer. Hello, I'm, I'm going to talk to you later, sir. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Please do. I got, I got an MBA, so. Hey, look, we we want someone. <laughs> we could. I don't want to use this time to like advertise like my, <laughs> my job opening, but uh, yeah, that's my. But uh, you know, at Star City Games, uh, I'm I'm responsible for purchasing all of our our inventory from people. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you go and you like sell or trade in cards to a company, um, all the different ways you can do that. That is that is largely one of that's the most prominent thing that I'm responsible for for the company. So. <laughs> Give me one second. I'm gonna go grab my resume so I can read it out loud. Hold on one yeah, second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, peddler, you kill me, bro. See what I'm saying, brother from a different mother. You know, definitely. No, uh, I I heard about the 540 today for the first time. Something about adding snow to the cube is the thing that I saw. Yep, that was uh, that was the last episode. Dude. We're three episodes in so far, so that's this is brand new, brand new one. Not even not even a month old, but. Wow. Yeah, I'm as a cube player myself. I'm going to be looking into you guys. Definitely, definitely do. Yeah, we're just, you know, we're just out there having fun because ultimately that's that's the most important thing about Cube. It's just a format that just brings so much joy to me. Mm-hmm. And it's really been frustrating over the last year because I've literally, it's now been over a year since I have Cubed. It's yeah, been like 30, here. 53 weeks. Yeah. Same here. Counting. Yeah. I think it's a playgroup thing for me because nobody wants to get together right now. And inside it hurts because it's like, that's one of the big formats I love. It's like cube and then modern, and then now it's commander modern and cubes third because nobody's playing with me right now. Mm-hmm. You know? um, with that being said, though, new cards, they're constantly printing new cards. And every time they print a master set, like even the, um, uh, what was the last one? Uh, the double masters, whatever. Double masters. Yeah, double masters. masters. Uh, yep. That almost seems like a cube set in itself. You know, every time they do one of these master sets, it's like, oh, instant cube, you know. But um, what, what, what about people that are just starting out with a cube and they come out with a set like War of the Sparks? It's like, man, I got to have all these cards in my cube now. Yeah. You know, what do you say to people like that? Because I'm, I'm looking at it like that myself as a beginning cube player. Honestly, I actually think that it is so much easier to get into cube now than it was when I got in in 2008 because there was definitely a time in like early cube, you know, theorizing that you were just like, I got to get enough cards that are good. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case now. The War of the Spark is actually a really great example because if you start with that set and you're like, this is the most recent set and I have a lot of cards, I've you know drafted a ton of this set mm-hmm. and I want to build a cube, a lot of cubes now, and I think this is absolutely correct to do, especially if you're someone that's on a budget or 
is 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 really just wanting to build a queue with what you have. Uh, mm. Using like the mechanics mm. of a set and the design of a set, I actually think is a really great way to build a queue because you can take stuff because they, they, they they're so focused on from a limited perspective, like making things work and limited. There's very few, uh, someone I do not remember said that they, they're primarily a limited player. And that's I, me. That's me. Peddler. Excellent. Yeah. Peddler. Excellent. So I, I, I love limited too. It's actually, um, if I could, I would literally pretty much play that all the time. Cube, cube being my favorite, but I, you know, I just love, you know, regular limited. I've really enjoyed called time limited specifically. Oh, same here. It's so it's much fun. Awesome. It's really awesome. set. Uh, but they do such a good job with like working out the kinks in these sets. So there's there's very few cards that are unplayable compared to even like five years ago. I think they've really like honestly since Dominaria, they have like killed it from a limited perspective. It's been awesome. Um, and I think a set like War of the Spark, you have these different angles and and all of these really powerful cards that you don't have to worry about like is this card good enough? Because a lot of them, at this point, a lot of them are. And then you can just, you can make a cube with what you have. And then as sets come out, you just build on that. As cards you come out, you just build on that. Cube is so fun that it's really difficult to do wrong, which is why it's like my favorite format. I've literally never drafted cube. And I was like, I just, this is the worst thing I've ever done. I hated, I hated this. That's never happened. Never happened in all, all of my 13 years now of cubing. And I've, I've done, I've probably cubed 50 different cubes. And they've all been really great in different ways. And even cubes that are starter cubes, uh, it's, it's so easy to get a base now than, than it was previously to build on with just whatever collection that you have. So I think, honestly, it's, um, it's always very intimidating because it's such a large project and a large group of cards. But the best thing to do is just say, what do I have? Read up a little bit. Make sure that things make sense. When I say that, I mean like, do I have a, roughly the same number of cards in each color? Do I have enough lands? And outside of that, I think I think just trying stuff gets you there the rest of the way. Yeah, the, um, there's tools out there too. I'm, I'm not sure if uh, CubeTutor.com shut down, but I know Ben was having a hard time trying to keep it up. Yeah, I think he was getting a lot of attacks on that website for who knows what reason. Okay, there you go. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of tools out there too. Because uh, I'm a new person in Cube, I was influenced by professors' videos over at Tulare Community College on YouTube, and I learned that way about Cube. And then waited a few years. Then I decided to build a Cube with three cards: Birds of Paradise. I forget the other two, you know. But uh, I started s- slow and steady, and learned the format. Uh, uh, got into uh, reading up articles and looking at people that are famous with the format. One person was Usman Jamil. Yep. And uh, learning, you know, his background and whatnot with the format and listening to podcasts and reading articles. I was blessed to get him on the podcast too. And uh, he, he, he was great to have on here. I was like, he's a legend. He goes, I uh, just consider me a one, one soldier, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Usman is, we actually used to write for Star City Games. We wrote Cube articles at the same time mm-hmm. around, uh, not, I think we both stopped in 2012 or 13, but we, we wrote there together for three years about Cube. And he is definitely, I mean, at this point, I actually think that, it, I, I think Usman has probably made the most Cube content of any single person. 
Yeah. Certainly for the longest time. Yeah. He's definitely a legend, man. I I'm glad to consider him a friend too. Yeah. I uh, think, I think the coolest thing about the cube is it's, it's, it's a project. You know what I mean? It's always fun to have something just to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When, when, when there's, you know, okay. You know, I got, I got three weeks to wait till Strixhaven. There's nothing going on. I'll, I'll tinker with my cube. It, it's something to build on. It's, it's something fun to do with your free time. That, that's how I look at it. Cause I, I, I collect basic lands. And all, all the listeners know this. I talk about lands every, every week. I talk about basic lands, but I'm collecting one of each basic land ever printed and it's so much fun just to have that little side project like i have like like 200 lands i gotta sort right now and 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 categorize and put away and stuff like that i can't wait to do it it's just a nice fun little way to spend my time i I see that very very similar as to building your cube yeah for sure for sure i totally agree with that slothy you've got magic legends updates yeah for sure um so the magic legends um it's kind of from what I've seen, a very like Diablo esque action RPG. Right. Uh, you got my, you comes, got my attention. <laughs> I knew you'd be interested in this one. <laughs> um, but the open beta releases March twenty third, and it is free to play. This is a little blurb from the website that I found. Um, so Magic Legends takes place in time of building tensions after the great mending of Dominaria and before the hour of devastation on Amonkhet. You will travel across the multiverse to the lush jungles of Zendikar, the gothic townships of Innistrad, and the storied diverse regions of Dominaria. We can hardly wait for you to planeswalk into the multiverse for the first time, and this is just the beginning. We have over 25 years of franchise history to build on, and many more stories to tell, all while expanding your arsenal of classes, spells, and other features with each post-launch update we release. I'm very excited to play this and visit Gavany on Innistrad. Um, because Innistrad is one of my favorite sets of all time. But what do you guys think of this so far? From that one quote you said, I really like the way that they say that we have many more stories to come. It makes it seem like magic's going to be around a long, long time. I like I like that sentence in and of itself just for that. But I mean, the the, the kind of like crossover between Diablo and MTG that got my attention too. I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were just talking was, about Diablo this morning. Yes, we were. We were, we were talking all on Facebook. Yeah, me and Salty were talking on Facebook. Uh, Diablo is one of my favorite franchises of all time. I've been I've been playing that since I think 1999. Yeah, I remember I remember playing Diablo two back in 2000. I was playing Diablo two, and I remember when I actually the funny story is when I met my now wife. Um, me and her started talking about video games. This is like the, one of the first times we ever met. And she was making fun of me because I because whatever new Mass Effect game just came out, and she's like, "Why aren't you playing Mass Effect?" I'm like, uh, "Diablo three is out." <laughs> Do you not understand what that means? You have any idea how long I waited for Diablo three? I'm playing Diablo three, so just having that style of gameplay in the Magic multi or universe, I, I'm psyched. I can't wait. You know, I'm not a uh, I'm not a, a very big gamer or video gamer, as you could probably tell by me literally just saying that line out loud. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try this because I have friends that want to play this game. And I believe you can play this with like a party of like three people yeah. together. Um, so I'm excited about that because I think it's, it'll be fun for me as someone who is the, the novice. I've not, not played like a Diablo game ever to have two people that have, have spent, you know, hundreds of hours playing Diablo and World of Warcraft and stuff like that guide me through while I'm probably going to play like the Necromancer class, just yeah. raising zombies. That's really what I want to do. So, 
would that mm-hmm. put magic on the esports map? Mm, no. no, I doubt. I know. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no. <laughs> one of the things that I noticed when I was watching the little teaser um, is, as far as I know, it's the first time that we've seen what planeswalking actually looks like. Yes, that's um, a very good point. Yeah, because I I was kind of torn between whether it would be it, you kind of erupt into erupt into like a ball of energy, um, just for a reference. But I was kind of torn between that and if it'd be kind of like Harry Potter, where you just kind of like twist out of existence. But I'm very excited with what they did with it. I have not uh, seen the trailer yet. I'm gonna watch it as soon as we get done here. Honestly, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen it either. Yeah, it, it looks like a lot of fun. Is do all of the characters' planes walk the same, or do they? planeswalk differently um i couldn't tell uh just from the one little trailer that i saw okay. with the planeswalking it was just the one character okay okay but no uh, slothy they have a release date for that yet uh march 23rd is the open beta but other than that there's oh. nothing that i've seen that comes out on tuesday yeah right around the corner i believe um because uh a couple of my friends are doing the like the pre-release day which is on monday the 22nd and uh, you, I believe you can download the game now in the Epic's, the Epic Game Store. So you can yeah. just you can download it. So you can just fire it up on Tuesday immediately. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I've got that already. That's sweet. The uh, the open beta will feature fifty artifacts and more than one hundred and sixty pieces of equipment, which is a lot. That is a lot. Um, that creates a lot of variation because. You can gear out like your head, arms, body, legs, and feet. Um, so that's just a lot of different things that you can do. And with that, there are five classes. Uh, the Geomancer, which uh, draws upon the power of the Earth uh, in order to kind of fight close range. And uses a lot of stone and lava melee attacks, advancing into battles with things like goblins, kavu, and earth elementals. Uh, the one that I'm most excited for is the Mind Mage, because um, I play a lot of control, and the Mind Mage uses psychic powers, battling enemies from far away, and controlling projectiles with things like telekinesis, and like, you can put your foes to sleep or turn them against their allies, which sounds like a lot of fun. Um, the third one is the Beast Caller. Uh, this is like Primal Might and Savagery. You can have massive, massive weapons, and you can have uh, like summoners for companions, like a, a fox was one that I saw. And the fourth class here is a sanctifier, um, smites foes and heals their team. So it's kind of like the middle ground. You can summon angels, paladins, and more. You, you're kind of like the the angry paladin class. Sounds pretty cool. And the last one is the Necromancer, who uses deathly rituals to devastate enemies and raise hordes to help them. You can utilize a connection with the dead to tear life from the living and take your enemy's strength with a lot of very, very effective curses. Oh, I think I'm siding with Justin. I'm, I'm going to be a Necromancer. Yeah, raise them dead. That sounds amazing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's do a quick update for Magic the Gathering Arena. You have Quick Draft Kaldheim, March 12th through April 2nd. Historic Shakeup, March 12th 
through April 2nd. Premier Draft Corsets. I can't wait for that one personally. March 26th through April 2nd. And last but not least, Festival Historic Brawl, March 27th through April 1st. We have one more segment to go, and that's Beginner's Corner. This week on Beginner's Corner, I thought it would be fun <laughs> to uh, quiz you guys on Magic's terminology, Magic Sling. And um, I'm hoping I'm hoping nobody gets one wrong. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> oh, that's a lot you, of pressure. You have too much faith in us. A lot of pressure. So I just thought I'd pull one out at random here and there because it's a big list, man. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, let me pull one out here. Uh, I just got so much fun with this. Let's see here. We need like little buzzers, like we're on an actual game show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah how are we? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? <laughs> do we just like, shout it out, or we're just going to be open free for all? I guess, I, I guess you know because uh, this is going to be so weird. Um, let's start with this one out. Let's start with this one out. Barn, B A R N. Uh, that is, isn't that a term for someone who is like leeching on to higher skilled players? Yes. Yeah. It's a see, there you go. Good job, Slothy. I did not know that one. So I'm like, oh my god, I hope someone else knows this one. <laughs> so Slothy gets a point. All right, there you go. Slothy, uh, right. I'll, I'll keep track. I'll I'll keep track. Okay. Yeah, let me just uh just Google that. No, don't mind me. <laughs> Abbreviation for barnacle, a derogatory term for a less skilled player who hangs around pros hoping to learn from them. So it sounds like me when I'm playing a game. Perfect. I'm a barn. <laughs> I told you this is going to be fun. All right. Um, everybody knows what that one is. All right. Here we go. Bloodlust. Bloodlust. Like the keyword? You want to try uh, it? Uh, I mean, the key. I know what the keyword is in magic. I don't know. I don't know the slang term. Sure. Go ahead. Oh, the, well, the keyword is if uh, you have dealt combat damage to a player. And it, it's usually it's on creatures. The creature enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters, where X is the bloodlust. There you go. It's exactly what it is. Triggered okay. ability that gives a creature a number of plus one plus one counters when dealing combat damage to a player. For example, Bachroth Malders has bloodlust two, and Aldral Ripper has bloodlust one. Justin gets a point. Got it. Right. Hollow. <laughs> Word. Capping. Um, to, to kill something like like bust a cat. That's, that's named after Jester's cap. It is. Uh, Darn, I know that I much. Give myself a negative uh, point. <laughs> searching <laughs> opponent's library for specific cards and exiling them in order to deprive the opponent of their use at some feature time. Narset after the. I'm um, sorry. Named after the Jester's cap, the first card to use the effect. This strategy nice. is effective against combo decks which usually rely on one or two specific cards in order to work out at all. And control decks, which have a lot of control elements, but very few win conditions, but is close, sorry, but a close to useless against most aggro decks, which usually don't rely on any specific card to win. So, so all I'm hearing is my, my knowledge of 1990s uh, <laughs> West Coast gangster rap is going to be worthless in this game. Perfect. No, well, maybe not. What if John's next one maybe maybe one eight seven? There you go. Huh? That that would be murder. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna go back to zero points. <laughs> I'm going back to zero because uh, I know one eight seven. There we go. All right, I'm at zero again. 
It's like Jeopardy. I'm not going to make Final Jeopardy if I'm in the negatives. All right, here's Doesn't everybody make Final Jeopardy? No, right. not if you have no points. There are no money. <laughs> if, you're in, if you're in the negative, you, you sit out. All right, so we're going to go with this one. This one is Daunt. Um, I am awful can't, at can't, this. Can't be blocked by, what is it, three or less? All right, Slothy gets it again. A design term for the creature's ability can't be blocked by creatures with two or less. All right, I'm making the executive decision. We're not doing this again ever. I am not having fun with this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys ready? All right. Yeah, let's keep it going. Right. That was Dude, actually another one. Dude Branch. Dude Ranch? Adler's I, Basement. I, 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 I'm going to say that um, a land that makes creatures. Boom. Justin gets it. Yeah. Incapable of churning out creature tokens every turn, for example. Keljoran Outpost. There you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm old enough for that one. Fat Pants. Fat Pants? That's just God, that that's, 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 uh, that's, yeah, Or like, is uh, the pumpier creature? Creatures toughness? toughness, yeah. So it's a creature enchantment or enchantment that increases the enchanted creature's toughness. So I think Justin got it first, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I didn't say specifically toughness. Oh, but, oh, well, I think it was not. Slothy said specifically I think it was toughness. Slothy, yeah, I think it was Slothy, then Austin was after that. So I think Slothy gets it. All right. Yep. Slothy gets fat pants. Everybody's going to know this one. Everybody's going to know that one. I probably need one of those, John. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Justin and I need to give uh, Peddler like a 10-second head start. Yeah. <laughs> Just put training wheels on for this game for me, please. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Glass cannon. Uh, a, a deck that is um, a, co a combo deck that generally uh, works when... Oh, my gosh. This is hard to describe. A combo deck that like either... Works all at one time, or if it is disrupted at all, it doesn't work. Just remotely. another one. It's a deck with high potential, but easily disrupted. There you go. Glass cannons yeah. are usually combo decks, such as all in red and elf ball. I can't wait to find you guys on this new magic game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take out all my frustration <laughs> on you there. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, who's the smart guy now? All right, here you go. Gravy train. Ah, uh, that is when you. Uh, are you place at a pro tour so you can continue to play in the next pro tour boom when the world of professional magic quote unquote being on the gravy train means being qualified for the pro tours this typically means being a gold or platinum level pro in the pro players club can also refer to grave titan i've never heard that for grave titan. <laughs> I've, I've never heard that never for once grave titan <laughs> That's someone that fell off the gravy train that was like, yeah, it means Grave Titan now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah someone, someone fell off the gravy train yeah. and hit their head rather hard. Someone was very uh, belligerent about being knocked, knocked out. Okay, you guys are going to know all these. Uh, Even Peddler? Yeah, no. Let's, let's not make this, this assumption. Might... Let's not make any assumption of what we're going to know, okay? <laughs> okay. I'll spell this one for you guys. Nonbo, N-O-N-B-O. Two cards that don't work together specifically. Uh, interact yeah. between yeah, two it. or more cards with a disadvantage of instead of having a profil profilable effect, a profitable effect. 
which would be a combo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Justin gets it again. Pop. Point Pop. of purchase. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's sacrificing a permanent? Yeah, it is. Uh, the act of sacrificing a permanent. Usually nice. for an effect. <laughs> who, who, who got that one? Uh, the Slothy. Oh, Slothy. Oh, my God. All right. Technically, I'm right. Yeah. All right. That's, You're, uh, yeah, like, like I'm, I'm going to pop this, uh, this spell bomb to draw a card. All right. Here you go. Um, the Rock. Wayne Jones. Uh, Black. Yeah. Mid-range. Whoever, whoever, yeah. uh, someone, someone Slothy, said it. Slothy said something first. Slothy, what'd you say? Oh, I said Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> oh, someone, so I thought I heard someone say. Oh that yeah, no, oh, no, no. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> it's awesome. Slothy wins because it's short for the Rock and his minions. I'm sorry, the Rock and his millions. A term reference in WWE wrestler The Rock, who always spoke of his millions of fans, describes most black green control decks. I think Austin said green black. Yeah, I heard green yeah. black from someone. That, that, that one's going to Austin. You got the green mm. black in there. Oh, we got one. Wait, right, we can phone it in now. <laughs> All right. And we will go to Scrub. Uh, someone that stinks the game. Please, for the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, someone that's not, that makes bad choices. It is, uh, it is a. A scrubland. It's scrub a land. verb. It's scrubland. It's a verb that means that you lose in a tournament. Like I, I scrubbed out of a tournament. I went O two. So, um, the slothy probably going to get it first because it's a player that makes consistent unwise choices. Um, I said someone that stinks at the game. <laughs> How is that not me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, you know I'm overriding this. I'm, I'm taking that point. Hold That's on. a scrub. You think? You think? Um, you think? <laughs> you think? Uh, should get that one. Hold on here. It's uh, yeah. It's I mean, yeah. Usually, uh, this is someone who relatively inexperienced with tournament play. Scrub it can also be used to describe an adept player who makes one or more significant player errors. During a game or tournament, in that situation, the player in question is said to have scrubbed out. I want everyone to hear this. Ready? Hold on. That's me getting a point. <laughs> You're writing down. <laughs> oh, you keep track of your points. You were you were I'm, keeping track this whole time. I'm keeping track of everyone's points. Yeah. He's, okay. He's been I want to make sure. I, I want to make sure everyone heard me get my point. All right. Silver bullet. Uh, is that a dex specific weakness? It's a it's a one of, often in sideboards. That's right. But sometimes in the main deck. That's right. A card that, while not necessarily useful at a time, is particularly good in a specific scenario, or against a certain type of deck, uh, especially if only one copy of the card is played in your deck. These cards are often in sideboards, and some decks play a wide variety of silver bullets with tutors to find the correct one for the situation. Slow roll. That's when you have a strong hand, but you play it very, very slowly and methodically to get the most advantage out of it. Well, you got two points. I, I swear to God, if I was, I was going to say, I swear to God, if I'm wrong there. <laughs> Speed bump. Speed bump. Uh, chump blocking, like putting a putting a creature under a small creature under a much bigger creature to block. 
That's right. Uh, a small creature uses uh, used to block a large attacker, holding it off for one turn. Also see chump block. Boom. Dang right. Uh, synergy. Cards that work well together. You got there it. You go. Yeah, that's an easy one. <laughs> Come on, peddler. I, I will say that I was, did know that, that. That was so easy. I was second guessing myself. <laughs> I, honestly, I was I was just silent and hoping that that peddler or Austin would jump in. I, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate the bone. Oh, you can't be nice to them. We're getting to the letter T here. Tuck. Tuck. Uh, Putting something on the bottom of a library. Justin got it again to put a card on the bottom God. of his library or shuffle it in the owner's library, for example. Condemn tucks an attacking creature. I, I used to think I know this game, by the way. <laughs> Vanilla. No, no abilities. Creature, no uh, abilities. Uh, yeah, creature. Yeah, Slotty got it. Slotty got it. Uh, windmill slam. When you play a card out of your hand onto the table, slamming it onto the table. That just sounds right. I'm giving them a point. I don't even need to do the answer. That sounds right. Usually it's something that's very impactful. Yeah, like if you're like kill it, if you're like a huge creature, you're killing a creature, or it's this a storm spell to win the game, something like that. Some actually, slamming it onto the table. You actually so you're sleep. saying so you're saying it's in poor taste when I do that with my opening swamp? Uh, you mail slam it. Why not? It says a booster, a booster draft pick. That is especially easy to make because of how powerful and ex exciting the card is. Can be a noun or verb. Comes from the windmill action of taking a card from the pack, raising one arm high, and slamming it down on the table in excitement. Off I like how we're getting the etymology of it. Like it's like a from from the Latin phrase <laughs> "windius millis slamus." If we were on video, you guys would have seen me doing the motion. Okay, yeah. I, I did, did it too. It I did it right here. I did it here too. I saw that. Um, let's see here. We are getting to the end here. Uh, we got obsolete ones, so let's just pull one out of the hat here. I want to pull one out of the hat. So, what, are we anybody tied, Peddler, or no? No, it's not even. It's not even close. <laughs> We're just gonna go ahead and give it to Justin. No, oh, here, I'll, I'll read off the final scores. Oh no! Oh, oh no! I ripped up the paper. Oh god! God, I'm so clumsy. Okay, fi final score I got, is. I got. I got. I got okay, one more. Yeah, I got one here. This one's for six points. Jeez. This one could probably put somebody behind in the lead. All right, the guys, question. Yep. The sad the thing question, is, what set is Blightsteel Colossus in? <laughs> the, 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 the sad thing is, even if I get the six-point question, I still don't win. That's how far behind I am. All right, so the first one to get this right. Okay, pitch. Uh, to discard something? You're exiling out of your hand. Ooh. I think three people said... I think we all got it. I was so we, get everyone, we all said like the same thing. All right, we'll pick a different one here. Mm -hmm. What's the most obscure one? That we're always gonna be like, duh. I'm trying. Okay. Luck sack. The uh, maybe like top deck. The answer so you I'm need to a suck. lucky person, a consistently lucky person. Oh well. Oh. <laughs> the definition is. A consistent, 
a consistently lucky person. Usually, who, who's, who got that? Slothy. Said it oh, exactly. Slothy. <laughs> Usually used with a slightly resentful tone, i.e., he is such a luck sack. Like how Peddler's talking to us now. <laughs> Rather God <laughs> than the game. <laughs> All right. So. Final score of what was this? Lingo trivia, lingo, slingo, sling and lingo. I like sling and lingo. Sling and lingo. All right. We have Austin with one point, Peddler with two points, uh, Justin with 10, Slothy with 12. What? Slothy took the lead right there. Yeah, yeah, that was a six point question, right? Six pointer got him there. (laughs) Oofed. Go Slothy. I'm going to give him a little round of applause there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Everyone's going to give him a, a, a clap. A clap yeah, I'd, call, and a, and a I'd call him a luck sack, but that's just me. <laughs> a cryptic clack. A cryptic clap. Oh, man. Oh, man. Woo, guys. You got me crying over here. That was fun. Oh, man. We're going to do I'm looking at my two. I'm looking at my two points all sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, if you, if you want to just, like, edit me out, like, that's fine. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> oh, boy, you're here. <laughs> you're part of the family. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, guys. Anybody want to add anything before we let the listeners go? Thanks again for joining us, Justin. It was a pleasure to have you. Yeah. Most definitely, man. Thank you. I, I appreciate you. Guys, asking me to come on. I had a lot of fun. Until next time, keep spell slinging.